Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. This is Dorenda Wilson. I am married to Daryl. We've been married for 30 years, almost. We have eight kids, ages 14 to 28, and we have our sixth grandbaby on the way. We've been homeschooling for over 23 years, and I have been doing a series where I am sitting down and chatting with each of our adult children who have been homeschooled from the beginning, and they are sharing their experience with homeschooling and their perspective now as adults. So this has been a really popular series. Um, I think we all just want to know that our kids are going to be okay, (laughs) even if we don't do everything perfectly. So I can assure you I did not do everything perfectly, far from it, but the one thing I did try to do was to listen to what God was telling me to do when it came to our particular kids, and that's the thing that I'm constantly encouraging moms and families, homeschooling families to do, because that's the key right there. Your homeschooling isn't going to look like ours, um, but we will probably have some shared experiences, and I think as I talk with our son Luke today, who's joining us, um, you will find some commonalities and some reassurances. Uh, Luke is 20 years old. He is... um, has a job that, well, we're going to describe that job a little bit later because I don't even know if I can describe it. But um, we are uh, just going to sit and chat about his experience. Before um, I have him join me, I want to encourage you to check out the my simple, un, uh, my simple unhurried, you know, whatever, my simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling called The Unhurried Homeschooler on Amazon. If you haven't checked that out yet, you know, summertime is a great time if you're kind of wanting to tweak some things or maybe you need a complete revamp because this homeschooling thing, the way you're doing it isn't working for you. I would encourage you to check this book out because it's not overwhelming and I think it really will help you get kind of just a little more lined out with what God has for your family, what he's laying on on your heart for your family. So I am uh, really excited to introduce to you Luke. He is our fifth child and our third son. And uh, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Alive and well, and that is a good thing. Yes. So we're going to start out like we've done with all the other kids, and we're going to talk about your early years. Now, moms, this has been a, a little bit of a problem, especially for the boys. I don't know what the deal is, but they are like, eh, I don't know if I can remember that far back. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting here thinking, I worked so hard to try to, you know, do everything right and not give you any horrible experiences and try to be a, the best mom I could be. And you don't remember any of it. <laughs> it, it wore off, I'm sure. Yes. So, so he was sitting here explaining before we got started um, that, you know, really it actually the fact that you did that does make a difference. It impacted us as kids, which, you know, impacted us as teenagers. And just because we don't remember it doesn't mean it didn't matter. So I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your earliest memories as a child. Now, please don't tell them what Ben said. He he just said he remembers running around in his underwear. That was his Um, earliest childhood memory. I'm like, really? You're going to share that with the world? I really hate to tell you this, but (laughs) I mean, it's pretty similar experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Earliest childhood memories. What, three, four, five? How old do you think, approximately? Probably four or five. I just remember, well, yeah, being in my underwear, (laughs) trying to open somebody else's presents uh, on their birthday. Oh, yeah. Probably Jake. Right, um, right. You know, they need help with that stuff. I, I know. Right? And then somebody has to decide who it really belongs to, exactly. and that's when it gets ugly. See, but that's, that's not the fun part. 
<laughs> okay, so guys, clearly I was some sort of crunchy granola mom that allowed my kids to run around in their underwear. You know what? I figured, I know exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking there's only one time in your life when you can do this and not be arrested for it. Well, yeah. And I decided they should have that freedom. And a side benefit, which was a huge benefit, a lot less laundry. All you have to do is hose the kid off, right? There you go. <laughs> Throw them in the tub, whatever. Yeah, and you know they're going to get their clothes <laughs> dirty later. So That's right. That's right. So, okay, so just a lot of running around, playing, and just, yeah. you know, yep. a lot of free time and that kind of thing. I, I don't really remember doing anything that I didn't want to do, honestly. Right, right. I mean, like, there were some things, obviously, like, don't hit your brother, don't throw that toy, don't right. eat that. You know, <laughs> obviously the stop picking the your main nose. ones. <laughs> don't lick that. <laughs> Put the frog like down. That. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, Why are there cranberries in the toaster? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> somebody okay. trying to thaw frozen cranberries in the toaster. That I was... also remember saying something about. Why is there a frog in our fridge? Yeah, there's a freezer. It was already dead. Okay, yeah, all right. Silas was trying to... All the stories we could tell. And and, and the dryer, I remember one time I was pulling pulling clothes out of the dryer, and I look, and I'm like, what is that? It was dried worms. Ben. Ben was notorious for putting things in his pocket (laughs) and never emptying them. And so, yeah, lots of... I've written down some of these things that I said that I never guessed that I would say. And cats on um, the barbecue Cats I mean, obviously on the barbecue. Not turned on, yeah, but. the barbecue wasn't on, fortunately, but yes. So, all that to say, our kids did a lot of sort of natural childhood type things during those years. Yeah. And do you, I mean, do you think that was helpful? Like, we're just let's just talk about like kindergarten, maybe first grade. Um, what do you remember oh, about that? I remember Brittany teaching me how to read. Oh, okay. And I didn't want to read, but she was pretty good at making it seem useful. Right. So. Which totally which resonates totally with you. Which totally changed how I yeah. viewed it. Because I was like, dude, I don't even read books. Mom reads them to me. <laughs> Why do I need Why to learn to read? This? Because right now at 20 years old, you don't want me reading to you. I mean, right? I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so all that to say, um, yes, this is one thing I did do with the kids. Um, I think from the fourth child on, our oldest taught them how to read. Um, it's not something I made her do. It's something she really actually enjoyed. And quite frankly, at that stage of the game, she was a lot more patient than I was. So she was a much better teacher. She was really, really patient. And it worked out really well. And she was really, I mean, to this day, those are her bragging rights. You know, you oh, know yeah. I talk most of your children to read. And I'm like, I know, I know you did. I um, her to read. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Key factor that's the there. That's right. <laughs> Trickle down effect there. So. Um, let's talk about like kindergarten, first grade. I know that a lot of moms start to feel a lot of pressure at that point in the game. You know, like maybe if they could skate through the preschool years, um, not feeling the pressure, kindergarten rolls around and it's like, you know, cue the Darth Vader music because now the in-laws are asking questions and the neighbors and whoever in your life and, and even in your own head, you're thinking, this is kindergarten, we've got to do something. And there's this pressure to all of a sudden change this fun time you've been having with your kids into uh, something that's actually can be a real drag for them, you know, unless they're asking for it. And I think you were one of the kids who asked earlier than most. Like, I think the other boys weren't terribly interested till, you know, maybe 
seven, six or seven, and then sometimes they'd pick it up, and then they didn't want to do it again for a while. Yep, yep. (laughs) I I pulled at least one of those. Yes, that seemed to happen with every single child. because you're like, this is going to be fun. I'll learn how to read. It'll be great. And then it's harder than you think. You're like, we'll revisit this later. (laughs) Right, right. And the interesting thing is that a lot of times when we took a break, and you guys were, and then ready, you were, when you were ready to go back to it, you would like, plow ahead like yeah. like we'd been doing well, lessons the whole time there was this one time jenna had this book and i wanted to look at the pictures in the book she's like well you can't read it so the pictures won't make sense so you can't have the book and i was like oh well i need to learn to read <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> and then Brittany explained to me like how it works and like right. how helpful it is and how you start small and then you can read all sorts of crazy stuff and so i was like okay i'm game we'll try it again right and yeah i just remember we had that big old book that was missing a couple pages of right, right. <laughs> for, for reading that she would teach out. Right, and, right. That was a hundred um, easy lessons to teach your child yeah. to read. Yeah. And I think there were more like 98 because yeah. it was a there little There were probably worn. some missing. Yes, I'm sure there were. I think eventually I had to replace it because yeah, you were the fifth. So by then it was in pretty sad shape. Yeah, but I had a little bite out of it. Like <laughs> We're not really sure how that happened, but <laughs> but um, I think what I'm, I'm hearing and what you're saying is um, and what I've seen happen with all the other kids as well is, you know, they show this interest. We do it for a while. They lose interest. We let them, you know, just go run, do whatever. And, and when they're asking for it again and interested again, it's, it's just like this timing thing. And it's like yeah. God knows exactly when they're ready. And there'll just be this one thing that just tips them, like wanting to look at Jenna's book and her telling you, well, it's pointless unless you know how to read. And all of a sudden you were motivated, you know, yeah. it seems like that just happens for every kid and it happens at a different time. And boys, tend to run six to 12 months behind girls in this uh, stage of the game. And actually, I think even past that, but eventually, you know, it all evens out. So it really doesn't matter. But the problem is that as moms, if we allow that to run us and to run our children, then all of a sudden we've taken the joy out of learning. We've taken the joy out of our relationship with our kids. And so, um, honestly, these early years, you can really just enjoy these kids and don't worry about, you know, don't worry about age level because that is just the biggest lie on the planet. I did a Facebook live on that particular topic because I just was feeling so passionate about, not worrying about that, especially in these early years, their development is so uneven. You can have a kid who is great on the monkey bars and stinks at reading, and you can have a kid that's great at reading and it and he stinks on the monkey bars. I mean, it's just really uneven at this age, and so we need to just be careful that we're not putting these ill-fitting burdens on ourselves or our right. kids and sucking the joy. But you know, and at the same time, obviously, there's a standard to uphold. You know, and you right. never like. Well, obviously, yeah, you, you're, but more, you're doing more of this, like, um, it's kind of like I'm watching and, and I'm responding when I see that there is an interest. Yeah. It's like that. So it's not like I'm completely ignoring my kid the whole time and just saying, I'm not going to worry about learning, you know? Um, but even then they learn a lot. It's amazing. And just, you know, like listening for interest right yeah and that's where I always tell moms to be a student of your kids kind of know where your kids are at you never let us just do absolutely nothing no you know there had to be some chores you know there had to be some minimums you did and it seemed like every time I got in a really good schedule and like 
got used to all of it is when I started to want to do other things. Right. You know? Right. So just like that rhythm. That consistency made it like, okay, how do I change this to be a better consistency? You know, like what do I want to throw in here? Right. And And, and add to my rhythm that might be enjoyable. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And how important do you think it was for you growing up to have a routine and a, and a really schedule. And we didn't important. have like a super tight schedule. No, it, um, but we had like in the morning, we need to get these things done. <laughs> yeah. And then lunch and clean up. And then the afternoon. A big these old block of free time. Yeah. And then from like four to six, there was some free dinner stuff. Yeah. There's usually jobs. chores, odd jobs, that kind of thing to sort of shore things up for the day. Yeah. But yeah. So that was really important to you. You felt yeah. like that made a huge difference. Did oh, yeah. It, how did, did it make you feel secure? Yeah, stable. You always knew what was going on. Right. When you got home, you jumped into a stream instead of, like, upsetting the flow, if that right. makes sense. Right. So, I don't know. It was... It when was you good. got home from where? Oh, wherever. You know, like... So oh, if we were out If we were out you running know, shopping or whatever. or whatever. If your okay. day was modified at all, you could just jump back into it and you didn't have a whole right. mess up. Right. You looked so. at, okay, so these things didn't get done. We need to make sure maybe that thing gets done and yeah, then we can exactly. move on. And Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So let's talk about past this kindergarten, first, second grade, and we're into the elementary years, like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, but not the, not middle school yet. So not seventh and eighth grade. So like maybe third to sixth grade. Um, what did school feel like for you during this time? Um, some book work, Mm -hmm. a lot of outside time to be totally honest. Right. Um, (laughs) but like, you know, you had math, um, just, the basic stuff you do a lesson mm-hmm. or if you're trying to get ahead and not work tomorrow you do two lessons right um but and then you've got uh we, we did the literature the learning language arts through literature thing you know we had the the like a kid's kind version basics, right? but really yeah um we went over like mr popper's penguins is one of the ones i remember right us, right just because right. it was so crazy and i remember we did learning language arts for a while and then after yeah. a while you were like this isn't really working for me because well, not- it it hit this peak where, like, you weren't learning anything more. You were right. just repeating the same stuff. Yes, and, and that drove you crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> it was great for a while because yeah. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Right, and but then, then it got boring. Yeah. Okay. Then when I you see. can see what the schedule is going to be, like, seven days down the line, you're like, it's, it's not changing. <laughs> and some kids need that kind of repetition, and yeah. you were grasping the things, and so and for you it got boring. It for a while. <laughs> so I tried to make a practice of listening to my kids when they said, Mom, I don't like this, and I would be like, okay, what is it? you don't like about it we talk through it and we'd you know sometimes we'd switch to something else and um, I think probably the most consistent things were obviously math and then um, cursing reading (laughs) cursing yes I made my kids learn cursive (laughs) terrible mother that I am I just want them to be able to you know read the code that cursive has become I still can't read your your handwriting well that's a different problem (laughs) that's not that's not cursive's fault that's my fault um but um, that, that one I was really stubborn about. That was probably the one I resisted like the most. That. I know. And I was just like, you know, sometimes there's things that we say, no, this small thing you need to press through and yeah. persevere. But you were great in math. I and still learned it. I just never used it. Right. And I was his, like. His way of rebelling. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, I'm going to write a paper, but I'm not going to do it. In cursive, because that's the last thing I want to prove that that prove that that was useful. No way, it's not happening. No, that's so all right. I learned to type instead. Right? Yeah, we were making that switch over to more, um, you know, well, computer well, stuff. When we got rid of the Windows ninety eight, yeah, and upgraded to a laptop, it was time. Yeah, like, big heavy laptop. My era began. Right. <laughs> began. Yes, it did. Um, 
So you often, didn't you pretty consistently do reading and summary? That was kind of one that I never, I tried to never get away from. No. Where they read for a little while. That was more like summary. sixth, seventh grade really? up. Okay. Yeah. I did the learning language arts and literature for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, we also had some off-brand grammar book. Was it easy grammar? Yes. Oh. It was the pink book. <laughs> you hated the gray those on books. It. Oh, it was so boring. <laughs> I just figured it was very simple and straightforward, and he would like it. And oh my goodness, Oof. no. No, and the there were no pictures in the whole thing. Yeah, I guess that was problematic for him. That's an important piece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need art. Yeah. Something. <laughs> right. Okay. So okay, you answered the question. Do you remember hating anything? Clearly, we can all answer that for you. It was cursive, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember any other particular challenges besides cursive during this time, or did you just feel like it was pretty smooth sailing? You knew what was expected of you every day, and I mean, you it just was did it. it was pretty smooth. The the hardest thing was wanting to have a day off and get ahead, but not wanting to do a, he- a day ahead of all the subjects. You know, right. I wanted to just do math and then have nothing the next day, right. and you weren't buying that. No, so. no, because I did not expect a lot every day. I My expectations no. were very basic. Well, I mean, it was like three hours tops, you oh. know, that it took to finish everything. Well, yeah, not in fourth grade or fifth grade. No, not it really. It was less than that. It was yeah. probably a couple hours, maybe. I mean, unless you goofed off in yeah. between. Well, and yeah, and then that's your own fault. Drew mustaches <laughs> on all the animals in your math book. <laughs> right. So, you know, there was I that. Yes, I remember walking up to Paige's only partially done. I can't remember which kid did this, but a couple of them did. Just lots of art. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. And ben was done on notorious. The he would draw like a sunset with like, you know, <laughs> birds. And I'm like, dude, you haven't even started. <laughs> like it's almost lunchtime. And he would always be like, can you help me with my math? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're older than me. I don't know what any of this means. And you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. So what motivated you to do your schoolwork? Um, free time the fact that you got the free time i knew after afternoon. lunch it was like home well after lunch and a nap <laughs> he's gagging over free. here in case you're wondering what that was <laughs> hey you know what that rest was for me yeah i know who it was for <laughs> because i just sat there and fidgeted the whole time or, right i usually would try to have them go to bed with a few books yeah and i said i don't care if you read i don't care if you just look at the pictures which is funny because half the time they would end up reading the books anyway if they knew how to read or partially knew how mm-hmm. to read so you know because they were bored enough Oh, yeah. That it would make them do something with it. And, uh, and then, some of them actually napped, rested, but it, they had to be on their beds well, you were for given, a good hour and a half. Yeah. You were given the ultimatum. Well, I think it was an hour pretty strictly. Oh, yeah. Because. I think by the time I got everybody settled down and, yeah, and then that the, the an first one half. got really, really, you know, yeah. restless, it was an hour. Yep, pretty much. But, yeah. <laughs> but the the biggest thing was there was that ultimatum of, like, you could sleep like mom told you to. Or you could read, like she's always telling you to. And it's like, which is the lesser of the two evils <laughs> at first? Why do I feel like this was mutiny, you know? <laughs> well, for me, it was. I mean, I was... Well, and then I wonder why in the world all my kids are so darn independent. But um, what can I say? It was just that was our route. That's well, how they're wired. And Obviously, you want to do your own thing no matter right. what. And free time is obvious, never enough free time. Right. You always want more. Right. But and I think boys especially, like, they like to get out there and just do their thing. Yeah. You know? We built so many forts, oh, man. Oh, man. I know. You guys, so what did you do during that free time? Let's just talk oh. uh, third Fourth, fifth, sixth grade. 
We, okay, so we, we remember the go-kart? Yep. That Ben ran into the chicken coop and there were just yes. feathers. Um, that was, <laughs> we did that. We rode that go-kart until yes, we would run did. out of gas. Yeah. And we all had to save up to pay dad to get gas. So. <laughs> That's how things worked at but our it house. it was very fuel efficient, so we were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had that little go-kart um, bikes and bike ramps. Mm-hmm. Sam was always the guinea pig for the ramps. Wow. That's why he always came back to you crying is because <laughs> he thought it was the best thing at first. And then when he actually had to do it, it wasn't fun anymore. We're like, you already agreed. So right. like, you're, you're not getting out of this. Yeah. Even Jake was behind it, which is kind of shocking. Oh, that's funny. Oh, he was old enough to know. <laughs> um, I the didn't winter, stop him. There was sledding. Right. Snowboarding. Um, there was also cowboys and Indians. Right. Obviously. Or Cowboys and Indians, and then Ben always wanted to be the mountain trader because he really liked the furs and right, stuff. Right, right. Yep. So. If you guys will remember, he's the survival guy. He likes being outside, and he works at a campground yeah. and all of that. There so. are, oh, my gosh. There were several times where, like, I look back, and, like, in September and October where things are just dry, uh-huh. we had little fires and oh dried fern tents. See, this is what happens to me. I, I have these talks with my kids, and I find out these stories that I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they didn't start a forest fire, you know? I mean, we dug a hole. I mean, we saw how to do it. It's not like I didn't like, check in with you guys no. and see, make sure everybody was okay. And, well, but the I, trick is we'd send a couple back at a time, so you'd ask them how things were going, and they'd be like, oh, it's great, and then we'd rotate out, you know, and then you'd ask the others, and they're I'm like, telling it's you, great. mutiny. It's back to mutiny again. <laughs> How can we keep mom from know, well, knowing what we're doing? At first, we didn't think you'd have a problem with it because right. we had bonfires. Right. So we just set it up like a bonfire. You dig a big hole. You put rocks around it. You keep everything far away. Mm-hmm. You know, and Dad said everything needs to be at least 10 feet away, mm-hmm. which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a little fire, and we didn't want the flame too high. It just kind of sat in right. there. So, you know, it wasn't too dangerous. <laughs> I think a firefighter would beg to differ. <laughs> Yeah, well, luckily we only got one visit from them. Yeah, that's a whole other story we do not want to talk about today. Um, or ever. Yeah, or ever. Yes, exactly. So um, tell me the one thing that you, one story you guys have told me that I, I think can really help uh, relate to further down the road are these little um, societies you would have. I don't even know how to explain it. Like you would have... Um, you would have people who owned the store. Oh, and you yeah. Would, you know, you'd be outside. There were towns. There were towns. Yeah. So you each owned property. You had property lines. Yeah. You had trading going on. Um, you had your own currency. We built our own little shops out of, like, plywood and stuff. Right, right. And um, and so they learned all these different negotiating skills, communication, and it was all on their terms. And the reason that I want to mention this is because I think that it's so important for our kids to have the opportunity to have the time to do these kinds of things. And um, sometimes that means they actually have to be a little bit on the board side because it makes them sort of reach down inside of themselves and be really creative. And then I think... How does that affect their future? Well, in several ways, I already explained communication and having to um, compromise. and um, But also, one thing that I have, uh, two of my other kids have told me is that in building their imagination, they've gotten these different benefits from that. Um, our 16-year-old said that her she feels like she's more empathetic because she was allowed to be uh, very creative in her childhood and 
and imagine. And so when somebody tells her what they're going through, she can actually imagine what that might feel like. And I thought that was just so interesting. And then Ben was sharing in the last podcast how... um, role-playing was something he did in in his creative way, and that was something he was always kind of geared towards. And when he went into high school to do geometry, he pretended he was a geographer. So he role-played his way through geometry. Yeah, made it more fun for him. Right. And so, and that's the cool thing about giving them that time and space is they connect with who they are and how they learn, and they're allowed to do it that way. Um, and then they get those benefits their entire life. Yeah. So they become a lifelong learner because learning is fun because they've figured out how it works for them. Right. And like, you know, with the town thing, like you didn't think of that without being bored. Right. You had to be really desperate and be willing to put in a lot of work without having a lot of play at first because you had to build everything. Right. You had to convince all your siblings this was a good idea. So this is like a huge delayed gratification thing. Yeah. And you had to make all the currency... And then the worst part is you couldn't just keep it all and use it. You had to split it up at first. Right. You know, because as fun as it would be to have a monopoly, that just ruins (laughs) the game. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, and that or you'd have to bring in goods of some kind. Right. Which is usually stolen from the kitchen. Um, (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Chocolate chips, hot button item. where they all went yeah uh yeah Yeah. so I just kind of wanted to stop and share that because I think it's important if you're in that season right now to recognize the importance of play and of your kids playing together um so I guess I sort of answered that question for you but if you want to add anything to it you can why do you think being unhurried during this time was important to you especially as a young boy so think about the moms who maybe are struggling with how much to put on their kids, maybe especially their boys, they're having a hard time knowing where that line is. So how would being unhurried, how was that helpful to you? Well, I think it gave me time to think of everything to like create my own perspectives on Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, um, since we were talking about the town thing, finances, you know, right? like businesses, it gets really complicated, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like I work at Chick-fil-A or whatever and that that it's really complicated at that level right but at the very base business is super simple they've got money you have a good you exchange both people walk away happy those are the three goals right you know and you wouldn't I wouldn't have made such a simplistic perspective of right and a connection to think about it Mm -hmm. and so now whenever I think about a business thing no matter what it goes back to those three goals you know exchange of product and both people walk away happy how do you get that Right, right. And just to clarify, um, we're going to get to this more eventually, but um, just to clarify the Chick-fil-A thing, do you have a role that you play there? So you'd be more clear clear with the moms to know exactly what you do there and why that ties in. Yeah, well, I'm a kitchen manager. Mm -hmm. um, And so, and I'm also the training lead. So everything I do is about saving time and money. Right. You know, any little place you can. Right. And since the exchange of business is already going on on the front end, I got to worry about saving money any place I can in the back. Right. Cutting labor costs and getting people to work more so that you don't have to have as many people there. Right. Getting right. people trained quick so your turnaround on your investment is quick. Right. Things like that. Right. Just right. like money saving. Right. And the other piece of this is this is sort of like an internship type of thing that yeah. you're doing with the yeah. owner. Um, be, just being trained in sort of 
uh, order of operations, getting experience in mm-hmm. business management and exactly the things that you were talking about. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been really cool. That's awesome. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute um, when we talk about after you graduated. Um, so... So you felt like simplification was key for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was going to ask what your favorite subject is, but it, it was probably math, right? Yep. Math, and yep. then and then being outside doing what you wanted to do. Yeah. And favorite hobbies, I think, probably covered that. Just being outside and yeah. loving that. Um, and then later on, music. Right, right, and we'll be talking about that here. Now we're going to talk about middle school, high school. That transition from middle school to high school, I always made sure that you guys knew you had the option of doing a science curriculum or history curriculum in seventh and eighth grade. But if you didn't want to, that was fine. Cause I kind of let that be interest led all those years. But when you got into high school, yeah, there was going to be rooms. something because we went to classes that were accredited and right. you were going to have a transcript. So, right. Well, not all, you went to some accredited classes, but For like, high school? um, yeah, you did yeah. math. But a lot of your work you did at home, like the language yeah. part of it. Yeah, and but those were credited, too, and you had to report well, on Yeah, them, that, so. they gave you a credit for yeah. yeah, I gave you a credit right. and a grade for those things. But um, the interesting thing about it is I, don't, I think most of you guys decided not to do a curriculum in 7th and 8th grade, but you knew when you got in high school that was going to be important because yeah. my, my – my thing with high school is I felt like at that point in time, you're able to absorb so much more than the elementary years. Yeah. So, and maybe actually wrap your head around it and remember well, I, pieces of it. I skipped eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Remember? Oh, that's right. I just went like, because right. I was like, you know, you could do one accredited course now. And right. I was like, or we could do all of them. You know, right. and just like kick it off. Right. As quick you as decided possible. to go ahead and move forward. Yeah. And, um, which was good, I think. Yeah. It you worked know? for you. Yeah. Um, we So you guys would do like... Um, well, it was nice because it made it so I could take pretty much all my classes with Ben. Right. So, you know, you got that familiar person no matter where you go. Right, so right, because cool. they were so close in age. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> why was it important... Uh, so what did Unhurried look like for you in middle school and high school? Um, I know that... A lot of your afternoons were spent doing digital music. I don't remember when that started. I was 14. You were 14? Yeah. Wow. You've been doing this a while. Yeah. I mean, at first I didn't really want to tell anyone because I thought it was kind of embarrassing because <laughs> it sounded awful. I'm not going to lie. I still have some of those old projects and they're terrible. <laughs> but um, learned a lot. But you, yeah, you're uh, pretty much you're self-taught through all of that. Just yeah. sought out answers to your own questions. Um, you ended up mentoring other artists who were just starting out because mm-hmm. you remember be appreciating the artists from, that yeah. would help you. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I knew he was doing this stuff. Um, sometimes I would be a little bit like, is, how in the world is this going to be helpful for his future? You know, <laughs> yeah. so I, I would pray about it cause I didn't want to, you know, belittle it at all. Cause he was just enjoying it so much and he wasn't grumpy, you know, like sometimes when, kids are on the computer too much. They, they come off and they're grumpy and you weren't, you were happy. Your cup was full. And so it was like, the Lord was like, he's happy. He's enjoying this. Just let it be. And so I I did. I never felt like you didn't support it either. Right. You know, I knew it wasn't your kind of music. Right. And I, I could understand that, but you know, and I always thought that people would be more, uh, against electronic music just because your chances of making money off of it are right. really slim. Right. And to this day, I really haven't made much off of it. 
but it's been but, an amazing hobby that you have really learned is. so many different skills from. And what I didn't realize um, until later on after you graduated and you went into Praxis, um, they kind of helped bring all that to the surface. That oh, like, okay, yeah. these things you're doing, there's value there. How can we translate the things you learned there um, as something valuable to offer an employer. Yeah. And it was basically self-directed online learning. Right. Which is very hard because there's so much there. Yeah. You know, you really there's, have to sift through a lot. Right. You got to know your buzzwords. You got to know what it is you want, what you're right. going in for. And you got to set a time limit. Otherwise you go down the, the rabbit hole. And right. Never come out. <laughs> which can happen really fast. Yeah. Then you're three hours into cat videos on YouTube and don't know what you started, <laughs> you know, looking for. What was I working on? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you, um, so let's talk a little bit about you, you got through high school, um, got all your credits, uh, felt good about that, because mm-hmm. I know you were excited about just getting into high school and getting started. That's why yeah. you skipped that last year. And then we get into high school, and uh, you plowed through that and did really well with that, and you were really excited about all that you were accomplishing. And I remember picking you up from the high school. You were helping with uh, something with the drama team, I think, yeah, um, technical yeah, stuff. And you got in the car and you said, I just don't understand it, Mom. I said, what do you mean? He said, I just don't understand why. Because you were there with the, the public school the, kids. Yeah, all the high school And he could not understand why they weren't excited about all that they could accomplish and learn now that they were older and in high school and all this. And, um, yeah, they, and didn't, I, they didn't even want to be there. Right. And we didn't even have a, we didn't have a stage at Homelink. Like right. they had this amazing tech booth, this computer lab right. with and they probably 300 grand worth of equipment and they didn't want to use it. Right. They just want to sit there on their phone, you know, and I'm like, there's so much stuff. You know? This is so great. Yeah, I was used to, like, the 2008 Dell, you know, with right. the, the tube screens right, that we right. had for so long. Right. <laughs> and so you were all excited about it and ready yeah. to learn everything. And the funny thing was, I think over time, you told me this later, um, your excitement sort of ended up affecting the rest of the class. Yeah, the rest And they of ended up being excited about it. And, and they worked on it and stuff with me. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they got more into it as the year went on right um but yeah just like the the baseline interest there just wasn't existent and the only explanation that i could think of and it made perfect sense is that um you know these kids are uh have been pressured since day one of school to perform um they've, they've been forced into a lot of book work um, not really allowed to be kids and explore and experiment like you did. And so they get into high school and they're burnt out. You had a childhood. You get into high school and you're excited, like stoked about what you can learn and where you can go with things. And so I and just found it interesting how different yeah. at that stage of the game. And in part of it was the teacher for that class was so good mm-hmm. because he would just like it was we had a computer lab class there. I, I took several classes there. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a computer lab hour, and then I took a video production class, and I took a stage tech class. Um, and the video one was obviously, um, like, directed. Right. You had a goal. Right. But he didn't tell you how to get there. He oh. just gave you everything, said, this is the program I oh, use. Oh, man, you had to love that. And it was nice because I could just do it the fastest way I could think of. Yeah, and know? that's that's kind of how you're wired anyway. Yeah, You're like, just give me the goal yeah. and let me figure out how to get there. Right, and give me the equipment, right. and I did. And then that's also how the stage tech class was. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like, they had stickers for all the knobs in the light system right. that tell you right. what it does, and they're just like, no, just get your bearings. Right. 
Um, so and just then let you dive in and do it. The computer lab class is one of the reasons I got so interested in music around 16 and 17 is because they had a recording studio with full DJ turntables, and oh, then they wow. also had uh, Logic Pro, right. which compared to what I use now, seemed a bit clunky, but, like, right. it was way better than what I had. Yeah, I was yeah. using, like, Ignite. Um, but it, you know, access to all that stuff and right. just do what you and want. And I think that's the thing. You know, we don't we don't need to look for the perfect scenarios. I can honestly say I just prayed. You know, so, Lord, you know, bring what our kids need. Bring it along because I don't know what they need. You're the only one who knows what they need, and he did. He would bring exactly what you guys needed along and at the right time and, um, it was just, it was very faith building, but so let's, let's move forward to graduation. So let's talk about after graduation. Now I've, I've mentioned this before, whenever our, when our kids graduate, we always encourage them to continue to adult, whatever that looks like at their phase of the game. Some of them chose to live with us, have a job. If they were working full time, they would pay some rent to us. Um, if they were going to school, we would, you know, house them for free. It, you know, we just we just would talk about what would be a good compromise and what would also allow them to continue to grow and to, you know, continue to move into adulting. Because yeah. I think it's a process. I mean, I think a lot of times we get this message that, you know, bam, all of a sudden they're adults and they have to do everything. <clears throat> and, that, and that's overwhelming when we can actually just sort of like slowly let Slowly feed it to us. Yeah, and and as they're ready. And the thing is, I I think because we did that and were supportive of our kids, but we didn't give them everything, they wanted to be independent. Like, they were like, as soon as they could be independent, they were independent, and you were no different. So after graduation, what did you do? Um, You knew you didn't want to go to college right away. Yeah, not not right away. Um, Let's see, so after graduation, I worked that next year, Mm -hmm. the whole year. Um, working for contractor. Right. So doing some construction. Lots of remodel. Yeah. And that was really fun. Yeah. Good experience too. And oh, we yeah. didn't realize that it would come in so handy later and on. I had taken geometry my last year. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff I had just learned geometry was oh. directly applicable to something helpful in life. Interesting. And that seemed like a one in a million thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. I tell you, I'd never used biology in my <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> never cared that much about mushrooms, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like the geometry was so helpful and it helped us get the jobs done way right. faster. Right. And like really accurately. That's, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. You seem to really enjoy that experience. And then, um, you did actually go to college for a quarter. You decided you were going to maybe try yeah. out some coding, <laughs> some technical type stuff. Isn't that what you were thinking? Yeah. Initially? Uh, web development. Web development. Yeah. Cause so, I already knew HTML and CSS cause right. I learned that at home. Right. But it was the... And they didn't learn it from me, people. I can tell you that. <laughs> no. This is, this is why we want self-directed, lifelong learners, because they very quickly blow past what you know, and that way they can continue to learn. It's a great thing. So you did that for that quarter, and you really just felt like yeah, it, was, it was a waste of time. It was pretty brutal. I mean, like, there were bits and pieces, obviously, of the classes that were really helpful and good, and I... Took whatever knowledge away I could, but a lot of but it But overall, what was your takeaway? Really useless. Mm-hmm. And, like, the one class I loved the most, I got the worst grade in because he, the guy who was teaching us wanted us to use outdated code, oh. outdated servers, because that's what he taught right. on. Right. And I don't know if you guys know this, but it takes 9 to 10 years for a curriculum to be successfully submitted to a college and approved to use. And there is no way. And for code, by that time... Yeah. 
it's useless. It's changing all the time. Exactly. It's it's a language. Right. You know, like right. our language is changing all of the time. Right. And you can't expect. But only even faster. Yeah, but it's and, even faster in the tech world. Yeah. And, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, like, a lot of the syntax was still useful, really helpful stuff. The base stuff was good. But there was just so much faster ways to do things. And I would do it the faster way because I'd, instead of using the book they gave us, right. I would Google it because... I don't like reading that much. <laughs> I, I've been over this, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that kind of backfired. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, and then I could listen to, like, audiobooks on it and right, stuff. And right. so I did that instead, and that cut my grade because he didn't want me using that stuff. He just wanted you using the antiquated Well, yeah, language. the stuff that That's... he knew how to grade. And, oh, I mean, it gosh. makes sense. It but... makes sense, but it doesn't make sense because they're, pre- <laughs> they're preparing you for the future. Right. And they're not preparing you for the future. But at the same time, they're just doing their job. Right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, and I think so, that that is that is very, very true. Um, something to just bear in mind. Y- you know, there's a lot better ways to spend five grand. Right. You know? Yeah, like, I agree. Boy, you can take a lot of <laughs> online classes. For or, five grand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so much available on the internet, and there's yeah. so many, there's getting to be more ways to get that kind of oh, yeah. information. And so then, okay, so let's move forward and go to. Should have um, invested that time in Google AdWords or something, you know, getting <laughs> certified somewhere useful. Right, right. But. Um, okay, so we decided at that point to move to uh, across the country. Yeah. And you decided to go with us. And the interesting thing is that we ended up buying uh, some vaca- a couple of vacation rentals. One particular needed to be redone. So all this experience you had in construction and working with the contractor came in really handy. Yeah. And you and Dad knocked that place out, and it looks great. And it's <laughs> just crazy. busy, busy, busy. So long weeks too. That yeah. was a that was a great experience. Ben was there as well, but I think you were sort of like dad's right hand man. Well, he Ben had to was go to like work. the cook. He worked at ONS and brought us food. <laughs> right, that was that's his part. all I needed him to do. That was that was great. That was enough. And was that's funny. perfect for him. Uh, it seems ju- just just like him. Yeah, you know, and he bought him. decorations too. He would go out and go shopping at like Goodwill and stuff and pick up <laughs> decorations and. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. We all have our roles, right? It, yeah. It was so good. at that point, um, then you just you got a job doing some uh, washing houses because yeah, you just wanted washing. to get um, get some a job. get a job, right? So you did yeah. that for a while, and uh, that was just um, not working out great. You weren't really getting enough work. Um, well, I was over the summer. I got right? more it's than enough work. It's very seasonal. But when it hit winter, they promised me forty hours, and I was getting like fifteen, right, twenty, right, not. And at this point, he's living on his own because we have a little tiny apartment above the garage at our vacation rental. Which I also remodeled. <laughs> which he also remodeled. And uh, that's where he lives and pays um, some rent every month. But he was feeling like, this is not going to work for me. And so we started talking about doing um, Praxis. Mm-hmm. That's something I'd thrown out there a few times and because I'd seen, I don't know, the ads kept coming up on oh, Instagram on or whatever. They were Facebook. All over they were great. For me. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I was like, okay, let's talk about this again. And you came to me and said, yeah, I think I'm ready to talk about this. And so you ended yeah. up doing this online. Uh, can you describe what it is? Yeah, it's an online business boot camp, essentially. Like they teach you to be the intern of a lifetime. Right. You know? The, the person all businesses are looking for right. at the base level, when they bring on a new employee that they want to train from scratch, you're the person they pick. Right, you know? right. They and just get you well-versed in, they got you well-versed in business, uh, marketing, sales, and philosophy, right. which I thought was 
really interesting, but that was all about understanding customer service and how relationship and business are really like right. intertwined. They are. Know? They are. They what do they say? Uh, business is personal. Yeah. All good business is personal. <laughs> yeah. That's my personal That's your motto. Personal motto. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so you did that. You did all the online stuff, and then typically, what they do is the last six months they send you um, on an internship, mm-hmm. and um, you were getting offers from different places. They weren't. You weren't sure. They were very far away. They were very far away. Expensive places to live. Expensive places to live, and he, we just you know you, it's a paid internship, but um, some of those places you might not be. You might be scraping by. Well, yeah, because they, they guarantee a bottom dollar. Right. Um, I think it was like 15 an hour is right. what it turned out to be. Right. Um, which gets you far in a lot of places, but in places like Houston, Texas, if you live in the city, or uh, the Bay Area right. of California or New York, which is coincidentally where I was getting all these job offers right. from, you can't really make do. Right. You know, you can get a bedroom somewhere. Right. But that's... I, I didn't want that anymore. <laughs> yeah, so we were praying about that, thinking through it, and he was thinking through it. He wasn't having a good... And, and, and this is one one thing I want to mention, and I've mentioned this before in, in the other podcasts, is this is kind of the stage of the game where we're encouraging our kids to shore up, like, are you, are you hearing from the Lord? Are you learning to hear His voice and see His direction? Because that's so important. If we give our kids nothing else, but we help them and encourage them to hear from the Lord, that's a great gift because if they can do that, you know, that's the most important thing, that they're mm-hmm. walking with him and they're and they're following his lead. And so this is kind of the stage of the game that we do this. And we did another podcast called Navigating the Post-High School Years, where we talk, go a lot more in depth about what that looked like. So if you're interested in um, listening to that, I will, I will drop that link in the podcast notes. And... Um, and I also did an interview with the guy who um, started Praxis. Yeah. And that was uh, that's Morales. called Redefining Education. And that mm. was like one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. Yeah, he's, he is he's cool. so funny. <laughs> and he will tell you, his ma- he was homeschooled. And uh, his you know main homeschool experience, especially in the elementary years, was Legos. And he talks about how that was actually helpful to him and how his mom, who was not quote unquote on top of it when it came to homeschooling, actually, that actually benefited him. And so you have to go back and listen to that. I'll drop that link in here too. But that was really an interesting thing. So long story short, you ended up with an offer from a local business owner who said, I... Because you were working there at the yeah, time, you had gotten a there, job at Chick Fil A. I explained to him that the he he had asked me what my prospects were, where was right, I going, right? You know, what he, was he this wanted to know, thing you're doing, and he and wanted to know how he could help me out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I explained him what the situation was, you know, right. just like bottom dollar at these places barely gets you by, right. you know. Um, so I'm really hesitant to accept any of their offers. And he was saying how he was like sad to see me go, and asked me what the bottom dollar was, you know. Right. Just out of curiosity, and so I told him, and he said uh, he'd come back to me with an offer, and he did. And he did. Yeah. And it was me, a good offer. Yeah, he gave me a full, like, email plan of all the things that he would, you know, teach me and mentor me through. Right, and also document. Yeah, exactly. That you knew all of these things mm-hmm. for future jobs. He would introduce you to um, the upper, what, yeah. what do you call it, um, at, at Chick-fil-A. Um <sighs> For. I don't know. It's escaping uh, me. So the corporate the corporate office. Yeah. Um, so he could have some connections there. Um, so this is going really well. You have a you have a, a time commitment to be mm-hmm. there. Um, do you have any 
uh, plans? I mean, do you have any ideas about what other things you would want to do? Like, I know you're doing things on the side, like all of our children. They yeah. can't just do one thing. No, yeah, They've they got to have busy lots of other things. <laughs> um, so what, what do you have any interests, hobbies, things, things that you might possibly want to do for work? Well, I am kind of cultivating a side business, as you know, yes. working on podcasts, mm-hmm. um, you know, publishing, editing, right. submitting RSS feeds, making them look pretty on your website. You right, know. right. Oh, just a side note, <laughs> you probably already figured this out, but he handles all of my podcast stuff. So he edits everything and um, has actually taught me a lot. And we, we kind of got this great synergy going on now. And he's learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and so he's been interested in helping other People who want to start podcasts. Yeah, and, and even if it's just consultation. You right, know, right. Just letting them know where to start, where to start looking. Because I'm surprised a lot of these uh, moms who message me, they are definitely, you know, because a lot of them are from your crowds. Mm-hmm. So it's these, these homeschool moms who they've already got this like half figured out. Right. They're just missing a couple of the pieces. Right. And it's really surprising because that's generally not their area, right, you know, like right. tech is really challenging, right. especially if you're just jumping right into it. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they've got most of it figured out. That's you just need to help them out with a couple little things and they're, they're good right, to go. Right. And like, they don't realize how much of an advantage they have there because that goes to their kids. Right. You know, and I don't think they quite have the perspective to see how far ahead that puts them and right. their children. Right, you know? and they're showing their kids what it looks like to be a lifelong learner. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to dive in and learn as much and as I can. they don't even know they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, moms, <laughs> do you hear that? I think this happens a lot. This is why it's important for us not to give up all of our interests and hobbies. Because when we have those, our kids see that we they see us modeling what it looks like to be a lifelong learner, to have interests, to be learning all the time. So um, don't feel guilty for having some hobbies and, and some outside interests other than homeschooling. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't feel guilty. Just take your kids with you. That's all yeah. I ask. That's all, that's all I ask, guys. This is Luke's request. Just take your kids with you. <laughs> because, you know, even growing up, we did. I did a lot of herbs. And oh, yeah. I, you oh, know, yeah. We... we Yes, we milked a cow. They milked a cow. I milked a cow. You milked a cow. <laughs> he and the cow did not see eye to eye. Well, I made her all. do what I wanted to. <laughs> yes, uh, it was a, it was a strained relationship, but we uh, they would bring that milk in, and we'd have to do something with it. Oh, so yeah. you know, it was cheese, it was yogurt, it was all kinds of stuff. Oh, and yeah. So I loved learning all those new things, and so they would just kind of come alongside me and watch me. And maybe they didn't stick around the whole time, but they got the gist. Well, and we knew where to go for info. You know, right. we watched where you went. You went to. Friends, library, internet. Right. That's pretty much the three right. three places you ended up going. Sometimes documentaries. Yes. Ben loved it. Oh, yeah. I could not sit there for the whole thing. Right. And this is the beauty of homeschooling, you guys, is our kids get to figure that out, and they don't all have to do it the same way. And the important thing is that learning is happening and that they're connecting. They're connecting the dots. You know, it's, it's us watching for those times when they're learning and giving them the time and space to see it through to the end. I think that's another thing. Sometimes we can have so many activities on our schedule. We're like, I'm sorry, you don't have time to finish this experiment that you're enjoying so much because we got to get to soccer, you know? And I know that happens sometimes, but right. if, if that's just the exception and not the rule, that's, right. that's yeah. great, you know? Um, cause sometimes we do have to drop our projects, but all right. So let's, I guess last question um, two questions. Are you glad you were homeschooled? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good. Right answer. <laughs> Check. He gets an A. <laughs> I always laugh because I, I, 
I said one time on Facebook, I said, uh, my boys care what I think, but not more than they should. Somebody got the biggest (laughs) kick out of that. I'm like, yeah, it's really true. Like they have their limits and they're like, nope, sorry, mom, you know. Just got to do your thing. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I, I feel like that's kind of the perfect balance there. Last thing, what's the biggest word of encouragement you can give to moms who are listening today when it comes to raising and homeschooling boys? And yes, I know you're, you've never raised boys before and you've never homeschooled them. But from your perspective <laughs> as a homeschooling boy, um, what kind of encouragement could you give them? You know, maybe they're struggling. You're doing a lot more right than you think you are. <laughs> That's for uh, sure. Good. Okay, stop. Take that in, moms. <laughs> Soak that in. You're doing a lot more right than you realize you are. Don't forget that. Yeah, and like every situation you handle well is something your kids look at, mm-hmm. you know? And even situations you don't handle well, they still respect that the crap out of you, you know? Right, like right. They, they understand it's a tough situation, and they may not be able to verbalize that. right maybe till way later down the road, but like they learn from every situation you're in. Right. And so So, I'm guessing you're talking about when we screw up and we go back to you and say, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Or just life stuff in general, you know, like I can't tell you how many times I went with dad to buy a car. Right. You know, that he wanted to clean up, sell, you know? Right. And every time it came to like, there was always this point where dad would recognize they're, they're being deceitful, you know? And he wouldn't let it slide, you know? <laughs> and he wasn't particularly rude, but he was very, like, to the point right. about saying, you know, this, this is, is messed deal. up. Right. And that's kind of how I do things now. Right. You know, right. just in, like, when you're talking to people, you can't let those little things slide. Otherwise, they get away with a lot more than they should. Right. Especially in those situations. Yeah. yeah. And that, that transfers everywhere. You know, like management, for instance. Right. You know, you're, you're telling employees they need to do something, and if they're being deceitful, you, you need to let you them know. You need to be able to say and it. And yeah. I can't say I've come across that, but like one time, right? honestly, but it's important to know how to handle those right. things. Right. So and a lot of modeling. Really. Yeah, exactly. Just modeling and, and, and you know, kids knowing we're not perfect. That's okay. Yeah. You nobody know, is. Nobody it's, is. And I think it's what we do with our mistakes mm-hmm. that makes the difference. So they're not failures if we learn from them. And, um, and sometimes we just have to and say even, we're sorry. Even if you don't learn from them, your kids will. Yeah, you know? that's like, true. Good and bad, they take it all. That is true. It all goes in and they process it. Yep. They, you know, the important thing is the, the compass. Right. You know? Right. And I think, too, that, you know, praying over our kids is a huge thing. I've always done that and prayed, you know, especially when we've been in difficult situations where, you know, when we lost our first grandson, um, mm-hmm. you know, all we've never lost anybody close to us like that. Our kids experienced uh, deep grief. Um, at, you know, all these different ages. And my biggest prayer was that they would not, um, see God in as somebody he wasn't in that situation. That was my biggest prayer that they would see God accurately in all of it. Um, and that meant that, you know, I had to keep checking in with them and talking things out with them. And that's the beauty of, you know, like when you're homeschooling and you go through a crisis, a lot of moms, I, I've had them say, I just, I, I can't homeschool right now. I just feel like I need to send them to school. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. They're grieving too. They're walking through this as well. Walk through it as a family. Yeah. And um, keep, you know, bringing the whole thing back to the Lord together, walking through it, under, you know, uh, gaining understanding and wisdom and sharing that with the kids and letting them share their perspective. This is where 
um, family ties are made and those bonds are made. It's just going through difficulties together, overcoming obstacles together. So um, I just want to encourage you in that. So, well, thank you, Luke, for being here. This is you great. I hope, moms, you were encouraged. I'm going to go ahead and pray over you before we leave. Lord, we thank you for this time together. God, we thank you for these kids that you have given to us as gifts to homeschool, Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, that you have good things planned for us, good things planned for our kids. And I believe that you um, want to be very present in our homeschooling, Lord. And I just pray for every mom, every dad who's listening, Lord, even the kids who are listening, Father, that you would just bring peace to their households, Lord, that you would bring oneness, that you would bring... um, clarity as uh, through the things that we've shared today and direction and I pray that you would free um, any anyone up who needs to to be freed uh, to simplify Lord and to just um, to really just give our kids that childhood that they so deserve Lord we thank you that we can trust you in all of it Lord um, and we just thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus name amen amen